Hello and welcome to the Grit and Barrett podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Richard Blosser, welcoming you back to this podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, this has been a long time coming. That now I can start talking Hershey Bears hockey to all of you once again. No more restrictions, no more protocols, no more stalling, no more stopping hockey is back here in central Pennsylvania once again. Woohoo! Yes! Yes! We're back, baby. Or, as Adam Cole in the WWE would say, we're back, baby. And boy, oh boy, was it good to get back into the game day atmosphere once again. I'm going to have Corey Schwartz here in a little bit join me to talk some some hockey nonsense as we will go over the Bears' Uh, weekend that was through everything, even some of the unfortunate cancellations. Because I won't lie to you, boys and girls, Friday night, I was ready to go. Friday morning, I woke up early, excited and giddy and ready to go. And the Bears put up their, their graphic game day. Hershey Bears versus the Binghamton slash Newark Devils, their Prudential Center and and uh, boy, I was ready to go. And and I heard that the New Jersey Devils had been having problems because apparently Corona Chan had moved into the Prudential Center. She just came right in, threw her suitcase on the floor and said, I'm moving in. When's dinner? And just goes on and starts flipping channels there on the big screen at Prudential Center. She just comes in and she just logs right into your Hulu account. She's been watch, binge-watching 90 Day Fiancé and RuPaul's Drag Race. Not that there's anything wrong with that. You know, and she's just there eating your food, you know, drinking whatever else. And you've watched every single frickin' Kitchen Nightmares. The English and the UK. Stop talking like Gordon Ramsay. And she's just there. Just there, stealing kisses wherever she can. And apparently... As we'll talk with Corey here in a little bit, it was enough for the AHL to go, eh, maybe we shouldn't. And unfortunately, it was not meant to be on a Friday night as the Bears and Devils game got postponed. And I'm telling all of you this here, postponed. There's a difference between postponed and canceled. It's not canceled, it's postponed. It will be made up at a later date. And this is what we signed up for as as hockey fans in these troubled times, trademark pending. And again, me and Corey are going to go over this here in a little bit. I'd like to thank everyone before we, we start up. Thank you to everyone who has, watch, who has listened to this podcast so much over the past couple of days. Thank you to all the podcast community nation for listening, sharing, subscribing, listening, you guys have jumped my listens from to the mid-50s up into the 90s. Excellent stuff. Unbelievable stuff for everyone who is who has listened. And if you're listening to this the first time, hold on. Because this is going to be a lot of fun. For all of you who listened and subbed over the past couple of days, I thank you. Your time and your money will be well worth it. So we're going to get right into this Hershey Bears Weekend action is Corey Schwartz joins me here in a little bit.
let, let, let's get something straight here. I know I do these podcast shout-outs. I, I know what I do. But I am not doing a shout-out for a podcast about them. I don't care what you tell me. No, I am not doing a shout-out for them. Yeah, I did one for Washington. You know why. I did one for Pittsburgh. You know why. Yeah, the Devils last week was because the Bears are going to be playing the Binghamton Devils throughout the season. That's why I did that. I did Anaheim Ducks a few weeks ago. I did it for the Lowell's, okay? I just wanted to do a West Coast team, and the Quack Report seemed like the best. Why not Anaheim? But I'm not doing one for that team. I don't care what you say. What are you going to do, Chewbacca? What are you going to do? What? What? Go ahead. What, you're going to shake your stomach like a bowl full of jelly? No, no. No. I don't care what you do. I am not shouting out to them. They can find somebody else. What are you doing? What What are you doing to your eyes? They're not moving anymore. They're stationary. Stop looking at me like that. Stop. Just stop looking at me like that. You have dead eyes. It's cre- Okay. Okay. I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. All right, just start moving your eyes again. It's creepy. This week's podcast shout-out is the Three Pigeons podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. If you are a fan of the Orange and Black and the Philadelphia Flyers, make sure you follow them through all of these shenanigans that will be happening down in South Philly this season. Follow the exploits of Carter Hart, Sean Couturier, a... JVR and whoever else will get on the Flyers lineup this season. Brought to you from a couple of boys who know a thing about South Philly because they've seen a thing or two. Check out the Three Pigeons podcast, part of the Hockey Podcast Network, covering the Philadelphia Flyers. That's the Three Pigeons podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. There. I'm done. Don't you have a painting you need to be at? Or some other thing you gotta do? Get out of here, you're creepy. All right, joining me again has been my, uh, my, I guess, sort of my tag team partner for like the past week, week or so. Not officially a co-host, but someone who's always willing to come on and talk some hockey nonsense with me. Corey from... Corey Schwartz from Bears Hockey Nation and Sinbin.net joining me. Corey, we're back, baby. We are officially back in business 11 months later. How the heck are you, man? Hey, Richard, I'm good. Never better. Honestly, it was awesome to see the Bears come back. And, you know, just even if it was just for one game, you know, so far this weekend, it was supposed to be two, but, you know, just the one at least. Um, you know, it was great to see. It felt great to see, you know, the sights and sounds, listen to Zach on the radio, you know, everything that goes into a, a game day type of thing. I was just, you know, it's one of those ones where you're just giddy the whole day of going up into the game action, honestly. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I woke up early Friday morning, um, and we'll get to that in a bit, ready for game day. And Saturday, I was the exact same way. I, I, I was up. I was ready. I'm like, let's get into this. Let's. Let's do this game day stuff. I'm ready after so, so long. So let's a deal with that uh, proverbial uh, fly in the ointment when you 
on Friday, we were all ready to go. We were itching to get Bears hockey back underway. Hershey versus Binghamton slash Newark. Uh, everybody, everybody's all excited. I made my game day post. So did the Bears. And around one o'clock, we got the news. The game had been postponed out of safety concerns due to Corona. Chan pretty much, um, pretty much moving into into the Prudential Center for the past week and has just been sitting on the couch and binging on their Hulu account and just watching anything. And uh, New Jersey hasn't played in a week, and now apparently that's going to happen with uh, with Binghamton. The announcement came down at about, again, 1 o'clock on a Friday, and um, just want to have your thoughts on it, what you th- thought, I mean, outside of, like, the game not happening. But were you surprised by this, that it was kind of last minute? I was a little surprised it was last minute, yes. Uh, mainly just because, you know, we knew about the situation in New Jersey for a couple of days by that point, I think. You know, they'd already started shuffling around some of those games. Um, and obviously with Binghamton, you know, playing in, uh, you know, a partial arena of the New Jersey Devils in, um, you know, one of their practice facilities there at Prudential. Uh, it was a little surprising that, you know, it seemed like everything was on track all the way up until, like you said, about one o'clock that day. But suddenly, you know, it seemed as though things were kind of off the rails there a bit. So uh, it was a little surprising that it happened so suddenly after it seemed like, you know, obviously everybody got to do their game day posts. And, you know, but at this point, what's one more day? I mean, we waited, what was the number, 334 days between yeah. Bears games at that point. So we were just, you know. What's well, 24 more hours, you know, even less at that point. So, um, you know, just happy that they made the decision out of caution. You know, we'll make up the date, game at a later date. Um, other than that, you know, it, it, these things are going to happen. I, I, I hate to say, you know, you're just going to have to keep an eye out and, you know, take the hits as they come along, honestly. Yeah, that that was pretty much the the, the, the sentiment from, from Bears Nation. And, of course, you always got the few people that are like, oh, why are we even playing the season? This this doesn't matter. And I'm like, yeah, go tell the 28 players in the locker room that. Yeah, go go tell them that. But um, I I think it's more upset about it being last minute. It's not like we were told this on Thursday afternoon. It did kind of seem like okay, let's see how this is. Are we going to get cases down? How's everybody feeling? And yeah, no, we're uh, we're uh, we're not going to do this. You know, only a couple almost a couple hours before game time, but it seemed like the boys didn't even get on the bus to go to Newark, even though that's about a three and a half hour drive. So it was good that it seemed like no gas was wasted and they made the call. I think almost literally before the guys on the bus, I mean, now thinking about it, it actually sounds like they waited all the way up until the bears proverbially got on the bus to go to Prudential. That's what it seems like to me too. You know, the, the timing of it, you know, just sort of, says to me that they also wanted to save a trip. And, you know, obviously you don't want to, you know, bus all the way down, have to come all the way back for nothing. Um, you know, especially if there's, you know, a reason to be worried. I, I know they did say the issue was on Binghamton's side with some of their staff, I think was the issue, if I remember what I read correctly. Yeah, some staff. And, uh, and as we've said, the Binghamton and New Jersey Devils share the same building. And even though it's separate rinks, yeah, there's there's a possibility of proverbial cross contamination, to use a food term. 
Yeah, and it's just one of those things where it's it's better safe than sorry. And if you have the availability, I think that's one of the nice things about the way the AHL schedule is laid out this year is that it does allow more flexibility than what we'd see in a typical season to be able to, you know, say, okay, we're going to, you know, not do this game. We're going to reschedule it for, you know, like this game. I think they pushed it to February the 17th, 17th. It's a Tuesday, if I'm correct. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the Bears play a couple days before that on Sunday. And, you know, um, but it's still spaced out pretty well that, you know, it doesn't become a a back-to-back or a three-and-three or anything, you know, that would be, be, you know, traditional at this point. So, you know, I think it's just nice that they have that flexibility and, you know, we can play it safe if we have to. So I think that's a benefit of the schedule at this point. Yeah, it's – people are making it out as this big deal of like, oh, here we go, Corona's going to – mess with the season no that's that's something you got to take right now games are going to get postponed things are going to get moved around i mean look at the nhl this is why we did the schedule the way we did this is why we're doing all this stuff is so we can play so as as a bit harsh as this may sound shut up and deal with it this is the way things are going to be for like the next three or four months i don't like it a lot of people don't, but you just got to, like you said, roll with the punches. Roll with the proverbial punches right now. So um, so we had to wait another 24 hours. We go all the way back to Giant Center for a 4 o'clock start on a honestly nice uh, February Saturday afternoon as a packed house of 300 showed up. And uh, the boys were officially back. As of 4.08 p.m. last Saturday, the puck was dropped and hockey was back in Hershey. I had to work. I know you weren't there, unfortunately. A lot of the usual and unusual won't get a chance to be there, but it's just, in my opinion, it's just it's just biding your time right now, just just waiting it out. So, um, how good did it feel to, like, hear Zach on the radio again and uh, to hear Puck bouncing around and just have that game day vibe going once again now that we finally got it underway on Saturday. It was nice. It was one of those things where it's all the little things there. I mean, when you know, obviously I wasn't there, but I was watching on AHL TV. And, um, you know, it was little things like when the Bears would come out and you'd hear them, you know, the little bear roar that you've heard a million times happens every period, every game type of thing. It was just one of those things where, like, every little thing that, is standard at a Bears game just felt great to hear. And, you know, there was, there was a lot of things missing. You know, there wasn't quite the theatrics of, uh, you know, introducing all the players, um, any pregame ceremonies, even, you know, the lights down that normally happens before the game either. But, you know, again, you're you're here to play a hockey game. That's yep. the, the key the whole situation. And, you know, I thought it was just fantastic to see, you know, players moving around in Bears jerseys again. So, you know, it was very atypical, and it's going to be like that for a long time. And, you know, you couldn't really even see a whole ton of the people that were even at the game just based on the way the seating was set up. But, um, you know, never complain about the Bears being back and seeing Cody Clark score that first goal, you know, triggering the goal horn and mm-hmm. hearing Zach, you know, call a goal and stuff like that. It felt great. You only wish you could hear it, could have heard it a couple more times, honestly. Yeah, it. If there's one thing I've noticed with these with these games, and even on television, everything feels more streamlined now. 
like the game started at four and even with the overtime it was done by like six forty. You usually don't get that. You usually get done at Giant Center, a seven o'clock start, you're usually done and out of the building by nine fifteen, nine thirty. And things just felt more you, you didn't have the whole intermission in between stuff. It just it, it felt more streamlined. It actually felt really good in my opinion. And yeah, after the first period, there wasn't that much going on. Like you could tell these were two teams that barely had any semblance of a preseason. I mean, yeah, the, the Phantoms played one game against Wilkes-Barre on Thursday. The Bears had, had none. And uh, we get the first goal of the season. If you had Cody Clark scoring the first goal of the season, can a Coke for you, as OSW would say. He gets the Bears on the board at one nothing. It just seemed... Kind of like a a pinball goal that just like it one gets thrown in front, it bounces around, and just uh, the, the puck just went off his stick and into the net. But you know, you'll take those kind of goals any way you can get them. Yeah, and it was a really great drive by Eddie Whitco. I thought, um, you know, with an expanded role, I think he's going to be a regular, which I think he certainly earned last season. I mean, he took that puck, and you know, for for a big guy too, he really wheeled and got going and brought up the zone and, you know, Cody Clark, one of the things I think Matt Molson was mentioning a couple of times in the post game uh, yesterday was that Clark has such great speed and, you know, um, ability to, to get to the right place to get the puck there. I thought it was a, a great play. Whitco, you know, cut in through a pass right in an area and Clark, I mean, it was a little bit of a rainbow goal of a deflection type of thing, you know, not one of those hard types of deflections, but, you know, it fooled, uh, Zane McIntyre pretty good there so you know I thought it was overall just uh, really nice play you know to to get the Bears on the board there first and you know got to give Clark his credit you know him and Sutter had a tough season to start off last year and you know really had a hard time and now they're going to be looked at as regulars in this you know very streamlined version of the Bears roster um, that they're going to have to you know step up to carry the scoring load a little bit I thought it was a great sign Saturday to see Clark jump on the board there first. Uh, you know, a guy that not a ton of people might have picked to score the first goal, certainly. No, and uh, the Bears got into some penalty trouble early, but in when you're just starting out the season, the penalties are going to be a bit more frequent. And uh, I really think this was more of a game where, like, the Bears were, okay, getting themselves back into a rhythm and all that. And But you still felt the emotion, you still felt the tension as you went into the third period, and I'm just listening to this game, and as I, I, as I talk to some, some of my friends that like, that like, I wanted to say the Bears played not to lose and Lehigh was playing to win, but something they brought up was right. Lehigh just did a typical end-of-game push, and while E. Coyote... Super genius. Puts one in the net. High slot. Really good shot. Just blew right by Cop Copley. Nice shot. Darn it. And the Phantoms tie the game late with less than a minute to go. Figures. Yeah, and I mean, I, I thought the Bears played better than what their fate gave them. I mean, I know that the first period was a little bit of a feeling out process. The Bears were shorthanded a few times. But uh, lest we forget, the Bears actually controlled you know, play in terms of the shot shots on goal department um, for you know second and third period by a decent margin, particularly in the second period, that was almost uh, almost doubled up the Phantoms in shots. I thought the second was really their best period. 
But, you know, I think that a lot of credit should go to Zane McIntyre, who, you know, has made a habit in his career, whether it's for Providence uh, in particular is one that stands out. You know, he's played well against the Bears over his career. Oh, yes. I've seen him in Providence many a times. Yes, I've seen this, this type of game out of him. Yeah, and I think that, you know, there were times where I think the Phantoms could have easily folded up. And, you know, it's a new trend in the, the Philadelphia Flyers organization that, you know, they have goaltenders now. So, you know, they were able to sort of rely on McIntyre's play to sort of carry them when they were a little flat. And like you said, Wiley's goal was great for him. Great shot. His first mm-hmm. AHL goal, his first game. Um, you know, one that you would like to think that Copley would have gotten if there had been a little less traffic. Um, But, you know, I think to myself that the Bears, I think, deserved a better fate. I think they played well enough to to get the win, but obviously you'd like to see a couple more of those plays uh, hit the back of the net. I think there was one power play in particular where Matt Molson made a great pass across the crease to um, Connor McMichael and just kind of shanked the shot a little bit there. And, you know, you think to yourself, if it's 2-0 there, you know, the Bears would have won that game, honestly. And that's another point I want to bring up. We got to see the AHL debut of Connor McMichael. Um, I know a highly touted uh, prospect, Damian Riot, was brought in after spending a couple years over the seas. They put Connor on the uh, on the high slot, kind of the quarterback position on the power play. And uh, I didn't watch this. I just listened to it. And it just seemed like that if he can turn into that that power play quarterback, the guy who stands at the point and dishes out the puck, and he can do that consistently. We haven't had a guy like that since a guy who wore number 17 called Chris Bork was really good at it. And maybe Connor McMichael could become that kind of guy. Yeah, I think he has a a tremendous skill set. I mean, you saw flashes of it during that game yesterday. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously he's a guy that in a normal season, he wouldn't even have a, a thought of being in Hershey. So it's going to be an interesting situation where he's, you know, competing against guys with a lot more experience. I think it's going to take him some time before he's truly at that position. But, you know, start him early, get him on the power play, see what he can do type of thing. He's a skilled guy. I mean, we saw him you know, put up a, a, you know, very impressive performance in the World Junior Championship earlier this year, too. And, you know, he's a guy that I just think that he's, you know, Washington sent him down to be that kind of guy here in Hershey that, you know, he can get those chances to, you know, deliver big instead of playing a fourth line role in Washington. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be a very much a work in progress though. Certainly. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's been in juniors the past couple of years and obviously there's a big, big difference than playing a couple of years in the OHL and then coming up here to the AHL or even overseas, playing overseas hockey in Sweden or Russia, and then coming over here. So um, it was good to see him. Uh, Damian Ride, I didn't hear too much out of him, but um, just give some of these newer kids just some time. Um, AJ got his mandatory shorthanded breakaway. It didn't go in, unfortunately, but good to see that. Him and his beautiful hair are back in Hershey. That's always a good thing. And uh, so we are going to overtime, and um, Ryan Fitzgerald just puts one past Copley, just kind of roofs it between the glove and the head, and the Phantoms take it 2-1. Is that one Copley wants back, or is that just a nice shot? 
You know, it's funny because I was just got done watching the Flyers play the Capitals this afternoon, and it mm-hmm. reminded me a lot of James Van Riemsdyk's goal in that same game against. Yep. Uh, it was the one that ultimately chased Vitek Vanacek. Mm-hmm. Uh, oddly enough, you know the, it, the parallels there are definitely similar. I think it was just a really good shot, but I think you give the Phantoms credit; their puck management in the overtime. Uh, was much better than Hershey's. There was yes. a sequence just before that where Copley came up with not one, not two, but three saves mm-hmm. uh, on a couple of sequences by the Phantoms there. And it was one of those things where you could almost see it coming a little bit just because the Phantoms seemed to have the ice tilted a little bit, uh, particularly after the Bears, you know, flubbed a, an odd man rush, a two-on-one, I believe, yeah, um, where they didn't even get a shot off on it. And, you know, that's just the, the – I hate to say it's – uh, a very tough situation in a three on three. You just don't know how those breaks breaks are going to come. And if you're, you're going to be the one getting them or not. And we've seen the bears succeed in overtime so many times last season mm-hmm. that, you know, I think it just wasn't their night, but I think that, you know, that's just how the three on three overtime can go sometimes. So I'm not too worried about it. I think Copley played a great game. Uh, you know, obviously he's down here to, you know, help shore out some of our, you know, goalie issues at this point it's great to have him he's a he's a rock back there and you know he was in the 10th rated um goaltender in the ahl last year for no reason type of thing you know he's a great solid guy and you know again it was a two-to-one decision it was you know bound to be one great shot so um you know it's one of those things where drats i think we'll get him next time though yeah yeah in the three on threes what I've always noticed, it's always about puck possession and picking your shots and knowing um, just to wait it out instead of running and gunning. And it seemed like the Bears really wanted to run and gun more. And Lehigh just 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 got one bat past Copley. And it stung a little bit more because it is the Phantoms and that's our big rival. But yeah, when, when you get that, that stinging feeling out of you, you're just like, Nah, we'll get you next time. You know, kind of like the cheesy cop sitcoms of the 70s. You're like, nah, we'll get Big Boss next time. Right. I think to to be fair here, I think there's a good amount of feeling out to be going on. I think the Bears actually had it a little bit easier as they had, you know, just a little bit more familiarity in their roster, at least as far as I could tell, Yeah. Uh, than the Phantoms did. And I think that was why the Bears were able to carry play. And, you know, as... Spencer Carberry said post game, you know, he didn't think that rust was too much of an issue, which I agree with. I think the Bears were really able to get in the second period there and really start their cycle game. And, you know, really, you know, their systems looked right so far. And you could tell there's just some guys of familiarity there. But, oh, you know, yeah. The Phantoms, they're, you know, working with a lot less consistency than the Bears are. And, you know, I think that. Luck was a little bit on their side, too. I mean, you know, they, they got a good shot with 44 seconds left that ties a game. And, you know, there's I think there was one play where I can think of in particular where I'm trying to remember which Bears player did not make the shot, if it was Riat or not. Um, in the I believe in the third period it was where McIntyre and his, uh, his defensive uh, teammates had a little bit of a miscue behind their net. Puck squirted out right in front. And um, it was either him or Gary Elon. It was a right-handed shot. Is all I remember. Um, yeah, yeah, know, I, yeah. Turned, popped down from the shot, and it just didn't go. And you think to mm-hmm. yourself, "That's one that's you know, that's a dagger right there." And, yeah. If, there are a couple ones the Bears. I think just need to work on their finish a little bit at this point. Yeah, and they will. 
they'll get a they'll definitely get a chance on that as the next game up for the boys is on Thursday of all days when they will travel up to Wilkesbury five o'clock start start there up at Mohegan Sun Arena um, as Wilkesbury will get underway there um, I haven't been able to look to see like if they've they've played anybody yet this might be their first or second game up but um, the Penguins farm system is just uh they're hoping for a lot of diamonds in the rough i mean like with pierre oliver joseph as we've seen him go up to pittsburgh and really do well we didn't see much of that in wilkesbury but um this might be the start of some real real rough times up there in northeast pa with this farm system in the aftermath of jim rutherford retiring yeah, and I think it's interesting. I mean, I don't think we've seen Wilkes-Barre take a significant dip in there. You know, they've always had very good prospects for, you know, for years now. I mean, there's, they've you know, obviously we're a few years removed from the, you know, 2017-18 season where they, for all intents and purposes, dominated Hershey. And it was a, a pretty dark time there for, for Bears fans. But, you oh, know, yes. it seems to be that Pittsburgh, like you said, has really depleted their farm system in an effort to, you know, retain a little bit like the Capitals, you know, retain their ability to win now type of thing. And, um, you know, it's, it's honestly been a miracle. They've drafted well above, you know, what their stature would, uh, you know, tend to leave you to believe in a sense that, you know, you, you, I, you would sit there and think for years, this has got to dry out eventually, right? Like wilkes just, you know, always seemed to have those great players and, um, and that's not the case this year. I mean, it's a it's a darn shame because you know those rivalries, the heights of those uh, those competitive years were great hockey to watch. But you know, obviously, I don't think we're going to be in any shortage of that this year with you know an intense rivalry. And I, I don't think they're yeah. team to you know discard certainly you know to treat as though it's going to be an easy win. They're gonna they're gonna play you hard, and you know they're set up to you know be able to compete very hard down there. So. Um, you know, I wouldn't discount it by any means. Yeah, I I, re- I remember when the, this whole you know the, the, this whole thing happened, and Wilkes-Barre was posting old clips, which is what teams did all last spring, and it showed a game against Hershey. This might have been like oh five oh six in the mid two thousands. They would have whiteouts up there at Mohegan Sun Arena, and to see that entire place bathed in white t-shirts and a rabid audience. It is just really, it's just amazing to see how much it swung the other way in, in that community to where, um, last December, I went up there for a penguins, Texas stars game in October in, in the first weekend in December. And there was barely 500 people there. It, it, it was sad and it's a shame because I know this there's a lot of Pittsburgh Penguins fans up there in Wilkes but I don't see anymore a lot of Wilkesbury Scranton Penguins fans and there's a big difference between the two and um, especially with with this year and the way the farm system's looking I'm not saying it's an easy win it just it doesn't it doesn't feel like the type of games when you go up there and you'd be like ugh going to be a rough night up there at Mohegan Sun Arena, which those those games used to be. 
it, it is interesting. I mean, you can make that same comparison to, you know, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms of years past. Where, Correct. You know, those those games would be, when they were down in Philadelphia, they would they would be intense games. You know, the, there was a rivalry there for sure. And then, you know, they moved up to Andorondek and it just wasn't quite the same. And, you know, obviously they moved out of Andorondek for a reason. It just wasn't. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the same. It wasn't as popular. No, no. You know, it's, it was an odd change. And then they come back to Lehigh Valley, and people really get behind their the mm-hmm. Phantoms down there. And you know they're, you know, obviously a little bit removed from you know the year. And I guess that was 2018 as well, where they almost made the Calder Cup Finals. Yeah, you know, one, yep. one big overtime game there too in that series, I believe, against Charlotte, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and you know they have a rabid community there too, and you know it's. I do think you make an interesting point about, you know, the difference between Pittsburgh Penguins fans there and Wilkes-Barre Scranton fans there. And, you know, we used to see that how many years when the Bears would play the Penguins seemingly every year in the playoffs, it would be a bump uh, on the way to going deep in the playoffs where you would see the Giants center a horseshoe of fans for uh, a Calder Cup playoff game. Then you'd see the end of that horseshoe of one section almost full of Wilkes-Barre fans down there. So, you know, they were crazy passionate down there, too. Yeah, I remember being, uh, your goal was yeah. to hopefully see them get shut up <laughs> a, a couple of times there, too. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it's strange, and, you know, it's certainly a shame that it seems to have run off like that so far, too. Agreed. And, uh, you know, and, and there is a lot of Lehigh Valley Phantoms fans that go to the PPL Center. They have really grown a really good fan base there, as much as I roll my eyes at them and their aesthetics there, but that's just me. Um, they, they've done a really good job of getting into the community, getting people to go, people have bought into it, even long after the novelty of a new team moving in. And that's really good to see when you see a community that, that gets behind their team, puts money into it and sticks with them, you know, even when, you know, they're not as competitive, people do show up to the, to that place. So so we'll get you out of here on this. I know we talked about this in the virtual green room before we got going. You know, let's talk about one of my favorite things, and that's jerseys. The Lehigh Valley Phantoms new white jerseys they rolled out. These jerseys are mostly white with orange and blue accents on them. Big black numbers with orange outlines on them. Um, they have a a waist hem that is that is half blue and half orange and striping on the elbows of the same. I don't like these things just cause there's not a lot of orange on it. And orange and blue is not a color scheme you think of very often. And there's a good reason, good reason why these, these unis just get a, a thumbs down for me. I do not like these. And I'm not saying that just cause I'm, I'm a Bears fan. I've liked old time Phantoms jerseys when they wear black, but this is just not a good look. Yeah, it's definitely different from most of the Phantom jerseys we've seen over the years, and that's much more subtle. When I was tuning into AHL TV and warm ups were going on, the orange is so subtle that from the you know very distant camera they used for a good chunk of the broadcast, I had to remind myself it was the Phantoms just because you know you're used to seeing those big orange shoulders. Yeah. Uh, you know, a little bit more defined orange and white when they come in, but you said it's very subtle and I'm just not a fan of the blue in there in the Jersey. Personally, I I felt like the purple was a little bit more, um, 
you know, it was kind of a neat little side, you know, little interesting difference they had between them and the Flyers, really. And, yeah. Uh, but, well, I just haven't been able to get used to. And, of course, I think you pointed out to me in before that, too, was that they had big blue um, – I'm trying to think of what it was. Capital blue logos on there. Yeah. The sponsor. Yeah. The sponsors logo. Yeah. And the sponsorship there. And it just sort of, it can, it's, it's contradictory to the orange and it just, you know, it just wasn't my favorite setup in the world there. So I'm kind of with you on that. It's kind of my, one of my least favorite ones. I do admire their attempt to make it a little bit more subtle though, because it, it, it does look okay. I don't, I'm not quite as much of a thumbs down as I think you are on it, but mm-hmm. I do think I kind of prefer a little bit more orange in my, orange and black so to speak yeah and um you know of course this is an audio podcast but i sent him a picture from one of the uh a lot of great photographers in throughout the ahl not just not just hershey but um uh, all these teams have sponsorship sponsorship patches on them coming soon to the nhl and uh the big the big patch on them that's typically on the left side of the jersey this is a full-blown blue logo blue square that says capital blue in white obviously referencing the lehigh valley health network but um it's just a big blue square on a white hockey jersey nope 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 i'm 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 sorry i can't get behind these i i can't i i I won't and the purple used to be a reference back to the old spectrum days purple spectrum ghosts phantoms you know I understand they're trying to create an identity for themselves, but I'm just, I'm just not a fan fan of these. It is interesting because in that picture you sent me, it's juxtaposed to uh, a couple Bears jerseys where they have a much more subtle version of the sponsorship logo for Highmark on there. Um, mm-hmm. That's you know, it was much more subtle. The plain rice I looked at and I said, "Has that always been there?" Type of thing. Like just yeah. for a split second, it confused me. And I, you know, it really kind of meshes in with the jersey a little bit better as a result of that, even though, you know, we're used to that big, you know, capital blue cross um, emblem we've had on there for years and years. Yeah. So I think it is certainly interesting. And, you know, I obviously, you know, you don't choose your sponsor, your sponsor chooses you, so to speak, you know, and it mm-hmm. kind of just goes there, but I agree. I don't think it combines to have the best look, but Hey, you know, they like it down there. That's, that's, it's better than those, you know, bright orange jerseys that they wore that looked like traffic cones a couple of years ago. So yeah, yeah, don't get, do not get me started on those color rush jerseys. Do not get me started on them. Well, Corey, thank you as always. Thank you for joining me, man. This is the first of many as the boys are back. So, um, take care, man. Stay positive. Test negative. Give you a few minutes here to promote, you know, whatever projects or website and stuff you're working on, man. The floor is yours. Yeah, I would just say if you want to follow follow us along on game days, we're always tweeting. We try to get videos out for goals and things as fast as we can on game days now that we can have the, the joy of doing that sort of stuff again. Uh, Bears Hockey Nation on Twitter. Uh, I believe the at is HBH Nation blog. Mm-hmm. Uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. All right. All right, Corey, thanks again, man. Thank you for joining me. And like I said, stay positive, test negative, and go Bears, and we'll – We'll probably tweet each other again on Thursday night when we take on Wilkes-Barre. Sounds good. I'll be there. All right. Thank you, man. 20 seconds left. And that was Corey Schwartz joining me 
here on the Grit and Barrett podcast this week. Truly good stuff out of him. It is so good to have somebody on here to be talking hockey with once again. And, you know, I was going to do a little bit of an NHL roundup, but me and him spent about a good half an hour talking about the Bears, and I think that's some really good stuff to uh, to uh, take us out for this week. So thank you to everyone who's given me time and energy over this long, long offseason, ladies and gentlemen. It has been too long to where I can come on and talk hockey to each and every one of you. And I'm really grateful for some good opportunities that are presenting themselves. Like I said with the Facebook groups, and there's heavy promotion for this show that I'm trying to do. I have had someone out reach out to me and say like, hey, we could bring you in. Just keep bringing your numbers up on a weekly basis. And I just want to say to everyone here who's listening, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep promoting this podcast. I'm going to put time and effort into this as much as, as I can because some of you won't believe the amount of promotion and cross-promotion I've been doing over the weekend since Thursday night. And to keep driving these numbers up is going to require work, and that's what I'm going to do. So to thank you to everyone who has given me the time and for believing in me as well, and this is going to pay off because we've got more Hershey Bears hockey. It's coming. Only one game on Thursday, game on Valentine's Day. I'll be able to pop out a podcast Sunday night. Um, Don't think Corey will be on. I don't think so just because it just won't work out this weekend, and I don't have a regular co-host, which is good. I can record these things when I want. So thank you to everyone for liking, sharing, and subscribing. You can follow my own personal Twitter page at rbloss64, or you can follow the Grit and Barrett P1, that's capital P1 on Twitter, Grit and Barrett P1. You'll see the nice little cute little Bears logo and the stick. You'll see it. You'll see it. It's on there. Please follow that on Twitter. I'll be posting episodes on there. I'll be doing a crap ton of cross-promotion on Twitter and Facebook as well. So to everyone, hockey's back. Enjoy the Super Bowl tonight as Lord Football will disappear into the ether and we continue on with more glorious hockey. Love it, enjoy it, appreciate it, because never forget, boys and girls, never forget how quickly it was taken from you with no end in sight. Stay positive, test negative, and I'll see you next time. That's the end of the game. (laughs) 